got TW Takes in the house. TW Takes, what's up? TW Takes podcast. That's Terrible Wrestling Takes podcast. So we'll go through all the monikers. The, uh, the man himself. Bishop over at TW Takes podcast. Absolute legend. He is an Irish New Yorker. Big up Bishop. Bishop <laughs> TW Takes. Shout out to Bishop on that one. Bishop from TW Takes. Matt Bishop from TW Takes. Shout out to TW Takes. TW Takes. Mr. TW Takes. TW Takes. TW Takes. TW Takes. TW Takes. And Takes. TW Takes. Bishop has, you know, on terrible takes. TWT Takes. Terrible wrestling takes. Bishop's terrible wrestling takes. Strictly for Bishop. Shout out to Terrible Wrestling Takes. Cheers, Bishop. TW Takes podcast. Him and his wife, Mrs. TW Takes. We got Mrs. Takes here as well. My wife. Mrs. Takes. She's the sleeper hit. So good. Thank you, wife. Shout out to Mrs. TW Takes. It's a fun back and forth. Such a small part, but so effective. I'm telling you, that's my go-to podcast now. TW Takes. You want here? Terrible Wrestling Takes. Bishop from Terrible Wrestling Takes. Bishop, everybody needs to be listening to you, brother. Bishop, say hello. Oh, shit. Here we go. Brand new episode. Terrible Wrestling Takes Podcast. But before we talk that shit, let's plug that shit. TBTakesPodcast.com for all platforms, audio and visual. Like and subscribe, especially if you do it for other people. TBTakesPodcast.com slash TWTs for all the merch to help support the show. Most affordable, fastest shipping merch in the podcast game. Remember, at TWTakesPodcast on all social media. And remember, review if you do, rate if you feel. Subscribe for me like you do for the rest of these idiots with a microphone and a computer now let's get into some more terrible wrestling takes oh shit here we go nxt time before we get into that let's get into some twt time go to tvtakespodcast.com slash twts pick up some some of the dopest merch fastest shipping out there ask uh ryan from front face lock shit came so fast he forgot to tell me he got it check it out man got the anniversary pack still up 40 dollars for five t-shirts it's eight bucks a shirt but you also get coasters pins some other shit just trying to uh you know spread the word get the merch out help support the show support your boy brand new to the scene is a discord channel we got a tw takes podcast discord channel go through my uh you know twitter feed every once in a while i i posted it out there i want to uh bring the podcast community and the wwe champions community together i've been on discord for the last couple years since i've been playing that game and i was able to somehow create a server i was chatting on there one day and it did like this update right in front of my hand and uh and yeah there was a button to create a server so i created a terrible wrestling takes podcast server on discord so check out the twitter feed for the link to that uh one day i'll put it on the website uh takespodcast.com where all the links are anyway i got i do got to put a link to the server there but uh come join come join chat uh, and keep it within a community, man. There's way too much bullshit on Twitter. You know, I've, I've talked about it for a couple weeks now. I've been thinking about leaving Twitter. And that's where I live chatted this past SmackDown was in was in uh, Discord. Because, you know, I'm just not up for it. I'm not up for it. And half the shit that was happening during SmackDown was always oh, Adam Cole coming out. Uh, the new NXT logo. All that shit. Like, it's fucking too much, too much speculation. Too much bullshit. Um, all that stuff can stay elsewhere, man. Just come in and chat fucking wrestling. Come talk that shit. You know what I'm saying? Come come, come hang out. Have a good time. Talk wrestling. None of this fucking this bullshit. Come to a space where you know your boy Bishop is going to be in his element. Just talking shit. Bantering back and forth. 
you want to come through come through you don't want to come through don't come through you know no hard feelings either way but the discord channel is open i'll keep posting it on twitter uh i'm on discord daily and you know i'm on twitter daily too but i don't get to see all my people all the time you know i've i've said it for a while i mute i curate i delete i block all that shit but it just doesn't seem to feel right still there's still something wrong with twitter so um you know so i open up the discord channel and we'll see what happens man come join come join some guys that i've, I've been playing the 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 app with you know they joined in uh my man justin's in there mr chaos came through so shouts man shouts to justin title 211 shout out to mr chaos Chaos Theory Podcast, TWTXPodcast.com slash Into the Chaos. Pick up his mixtape. Uh, let's uh, but let's get to, to what we came here for, NXT, man. You know, I wanted to get down with uh, an NXT review earlier this week after uh, NXT happened on Tuesday. I couldn't get to that. My kids' uh, my kids, fucking summer camp shut down because of COVID. Uh, nothing happened there at the facility, but a teacher had tested positive. We believe. I mean, they don't really tell us this shit, but it seemed like a teacher had tested positive, and they sent everyone home so they can sanitize, and they fucking they shut it down for three and a half days. So I haven't been able to even send them outside with the walkie-talkies while I was going to do a podcast. So I've been keeping notes. I've been waiting my time. I was able to get the, some free time now to do it, and uh, and let's talk it, man. NXT Takeover Thirty Six, and kind of the future of what happened with uh what's happening with NXT. You know, a lot of speculation out there. I see the speculation come across. And maybe that's part of my reason why I don't fuck with Twitter. There's so much fucking speculation come across. This new NXT logo got people pissing their pants. I thought the NXT logo was whack when they changed it to that Carrying Cross style fucking logo. It doesn't matter, man. It doesn't matter. People like being fucking up in arms about all kinds of shit. All kinds of shit. NXT TakeOver 36. I'm going to get this out the way right now. Adam Cole... And Kyle O'Reilly just don't do it for me. They just don't. Um, I wrote down. I watched it once. I'm good. Like, I get it. But I just don't like how they wrestle. You know, I heard all this shit about ROH and how they're the two best out there and all this shit. Because Sam Roberts used to have Adam Cole on way before NXT. And, you know, I listen to all that stuff. And I'm like, cool. He sounds great. Sounds like he loves the business. All that shit. Can't wait to see him. I see him. I'm like, okay. Okay. I get it, man. Y'all fuck with him. Y'all love him. That's fine. That's fine. Not for me at all. At all. You know the way the way Marsh shout the Marsh. He says that uh, Johnny Gargano scripted. I'm like, man, Adam Cole seems even more scripted. He can't wait to get to his spots. I fucking hate his Panama Sunrise. It's the the worst fucking thing in the world. But uh, I don't know, man. I. I I watched it once, and during a rewatch, I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'll just skip to the end. You know, I more want to pick apart, you know, how Joe kind of looked, because I know there's some, some bad things said about Joe and his, his stamina, and rightfully so. But, uh, but yeah, I was just like, you know, I, I couldn't do it. And it, I did like the ending. At first, I liked the ending of the match, right? Because uh, O'Reilly is a submission guy, and it's kind of like the snake, right? Don't let the snake bite you. But, he, you know, Cole got too close to him, bit him. Uh, I love the fucking, uh, the knee bar. And the Marsh was like, yo, you know how, like, the guy had his fucking handcuff? I'm like, yeah. He goes, yeah, you, you, you lost to a guy with your handcuff. Like, I can't believe that you would ever win again. I'm like, son of a bitch. That makes sense. That makes sense. And it's supposed to be Adam Cole, right? You know, 
the the NXT goat that he turned out to be. So that's my that's all I got on Colin O'Reilly. I'm not going to bury the match anymore. If you liked it, you liked it. That's fine. I just I couldn't fuck with it. Nah, I just it bothered me. I was I just wasn't a fan of of what they do. So maybe they'll do something to get me more invested. I don't know. But speaking of invested, Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight for the million dollar title. If Knight had won, million dollar man would be his uh, his butler, Knight's butler. So a little bit on the line, but it also makes you feel like Grimes is going to win anyway, right? Well, fuck, man. (laughs) These two fucking did great. There's only one spot I didn't like. And that was when they blew the Austin Brett spot when uh, Steve Austin had Brett in the Million Dollar Dream and they you know the kick off the turnbuckle into the rollover. It just it wasn't executed as flawless as it could have been. Um, I did like the fact that Grimes kept the Million Dollar Dream on. And speaking of, I mean the entire storytelling of this feud slash match is how important it is to be the Million Dollar Champion and represent the legacy of the Million Dollar Man. And I thought they've been doing a great job of that and how special is the million dollar man when you factor in the million dollar dream submission right grimes goes to put it on couldn't do it goes to put it on again couldn't do it third time he goes to put it on locked it in when it's locked in you can't break it but see even then cameron grimes couldn't put ellie knight away with it knight finds his way to the outside they do a little thing with the million dollar man on the outside just trying to distract the ref and you know asia did her best job she could who I fucking love her as a ref, man. She is fantastic. But DiBiase gets the opportunity to put LA Knight in the Million Dollar Dream so much so he's almost incapacitated for Grimes to be able to do his caveman stomp or whatever the fuck it's called. And Grimes gets to win. So I was like, dope. He's now the Million Dollar Champion. Uh, they, You know, great match. They did this whole... Uh, Ode to the Million Dollar Man's Legacy. Absolutely loved it. I mean, Grimes' gear was DiBiase-inspired. And then Tuesday, they do this whole thing where LA Knight moves to the main picture and Cameron Grimes and DiBiase go back and forth on, you know, how important the legacy is. Grimes ends up giving DiBiase the title. DiBiase's like, nah, here, man. And then gives him a fake title, laughs, and moves off. Grimes does, damn you, DiBiase. And I'm thinking to myself... I'm thinking to myself, did they just end this? Like, there's nothing else now. You know, that title's no more because he's got the replica. This whole thing, is, and it's not gratuitous because the Million Dollar Man and the storyline that it was was dope. But it's now done separate ways. Now what do we care? Would we care more if Grimes was still Million Dollar Champion? Or what does this do to springboard him? You know, so basically this is as much as we could have cared about the two of them. Knight goes on to the main title scene. What now happens with Grimes? Do we get to invest ourselves in? Because we've seen this before, right? When him and Loomis were going after it. Um, as when Grimes even came in and he was undefeated for a while. They always gave you a little bit something to be drawn into Grimes. But what happens when that's gone? Is that opportunity going to create itself again? So we'll see how this goes. I'm definitely excited for more Cameron Grimes, more LA Knight. Especially L.A. Knight pushing towards that main title scene. Looks like he's going to have a feud or two before he does get to whoever the champion is at the time. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm just going to you know, bounce back and forth to what matters going in uh, you know, pay-per-view and, and Tuesday. No need to separate it. Um, Dakota and Raquel, I thought, did a, a decent job. I found some, some things kind of glaring. 
it was evident to me that Dakota was doing the lion's share of everything. Uh, Raquel still has a ways to go. I was watching it, you know, feeling Bianca vibes, where you can tell that the title is now trying to make the champion that holds it, as opposed to the champion making that title. You know, again, for all the Bianca detractors out there, or I should say I'm the Bianca detractor, and you guys want to say, whatever, you know, those defenders who are trying to put her on this pedestal, I get it. She's charismatic. She's gorgeous. She's super athletic. In the end of everything here, the promos are not that good, and the matches are scripted and not always executed with fluidity. Now, the problem I had with this match is they're both doing their thing. Um, Raquel's definitely not going to wear that ring gear anymore. Uh, looks like she almost popped out a couple times. But besides that distraction, it was so obvious that this was Dakota's doing and Raquel playing along. I mean, there was even spots where, especially the finish, which we'll get to in just a second, where you know you can see there's not full trust there in Raquel. Um, but let's, let me get to some dope shit. I mean, when Raquel pulled Dakota from the floor over the top ropes into the ring and Dakota threw that into an arm drag into an R bar, I was like, that's fucking phenomenal. That's phenomenal. But what it was, it's Raquel having the strength, right, to allow Dakota to use her to, you know, kind of backwards climb up. But Raquel only moved you know, half a foot and rotated while Dakota did all the work. You know, I, I don't want to shit on Raquel because I, I really do. I really do like her. I think she has potential. Uh, just like Bianca. I think Bianca has a ton of potential. But th- neither one of them are there yet. Neither one are there yet. I guess um, I don't admit that about Rhea because I do think Rhea made Raquel look a lot better. You know, and that's why Raquel's in that situation. Uh, same thing with Mercedes Martinez. That cage match they had was fucking phenomenal. Um, let's see here, but when Dakota hit the Yakuza kick and Raquel goes outside, I thought it was a great spot, and it gave the illusion that Dakota can find ways to get the one-up on Raquel, and as long as Raquel is in the ring when that happens, should be good to go. All in all, they had decent chemistry, uh, but again, I really felt like Dakota did the bulk of the work here, uh, and like I said just a little bit ago, the finish. In the finish... I thought was setting up to be so fucking dope. Dakota comes running through for the Yakuza kick while um, Raquel was set up on the top rope. Raquel catches her, brings her up for the Chicana bomb. But when she goes to slam her, Raquel is holding, I'm sorry, uh, Dakota's holding so tight around Raquel. I was like, oh man, Dakota has to protect herself a little too much here than allow Raquel to guide her down properly. You know, and I in that moment, you know, you would hope that Dakota has full trust in Raquel to perform that move without as much assistance. But safe is safe. You know what I'm saying? Safe above all else. I don't have a problem with that. It's just it was so obvious to me because of how tight it seemed like she was holding on to Raquel. Not fighting, oh, get me out of here, but tight for the sake of the move. Um, you know, that's it just seemed a little too a little too tight there you know I, I wish he would have laid out a little bit more but hey they got to be safe so who am I to judge um but hopefully you know hopefully Raquel down the line can get a little bit a little bit cleaner in her work where people trust that that move can be done by Raquel without as much help from the opponent she's doing it to
Uh, match of the night. I know a lot of people have talked about this being their match of the year. Uh, it being better than the first one they had. Walter and Dragunov. And shouts to Justin Time 211. He said it on Wrestling on the Rocks. Shout to those guys at WOTR the show. I he he thinks that Walter Pete Dunn was better than Walter Dragunov won. And he was hoping I didn't give him a terrible wrestling take. Um, I got a little busy before I can get back to him, but Justin, in this moment, I will tell you right now, that match is better than both of these. And now, hear me out. <laughs> hear me out. Only because the style in which it was. It was British Strong style, but with more, um, let's, uh, Matt technique. So, the way I say that, I thought this was a fucking, I, I labeled it, brutal masterpiece. I went back and watched it a second time, and I go, you know what? This match was something that you can't script as an American wrestling viewer. The type of technique they were doing. I mean, this this British style of technical wrestling mixed with the brutality of a British strong style. It was so fucking captivating. But it didn't look like, you know, what the Dunn match looked like. Where it had, you know, because when, when it happened the night of, I told the missus... I said, watch this match, it's going to be like UFC. And that's what it felt. I did feel that, and I did feel the realism. And look, I I fucking winced. I, I fucking was dumbfounded. I mean, so much, so many fucking emotions. But the point is, for my viewing content, as far, like, it's an exhausting match to watch. Like, Seth, Seth and Edge was so artistically beautiful it's so easy to watch and it doesn't take a lot out of you but it's super enjoyable or maybe the real conversation here is there's no such thing as a best match the match of the year none of that these this new age of wrestling that's happening there's so many different ways to captivate the audience in x amount of minutes because look even the becky the becky bianca thing so captivating so perfectly done the story writes itself. What happens going forward? Like that's this Walter Dragonoff match was fucking incredible, incredible. I was so shocked by Walter tapping out, and then I had to think about it again. And I'm like, you know, these this is what Walter does. You know, and shouts to Walter, man. I tweeted out the night of. He is my favorite wrestler. I don't go out of the way to watch. He's so fucking good. He's he's great. Honestly, he's great. He is absolutely great. He should be one of the best of all time. Now, let's get into some rumors, reports, whatever. Supposedly, he doesn't want to live stateside in the U.S. He's not a fan of that, and I don't blame him. You know, by all means, do what you got to do. He is absolutely one of the best wrestlers in the world, bar none. He's so fucking captivating. He is an incredible athlete. But I loved Walter and Dragunov going back and forth with their strongholds, their positioning, all kinds of shit. I mean, they just... When you watch hold for hold the shit they were doing, it was just fantastic. Absolute masterpiece. They they beat the shit out of each other. I even <laughs> I rewatched it and still felt those same fucking gritty emotions. And I told the missus, I said, hey, you know the crazy fucking part is? They don't have to do this. 
They don't have to do a match in which they beat the piss out of each other. They didn't have to. They could have done a match any way they wanted to. You know, but they started off playing. Dragunov's trying to stay away from Walter's chops. The first chop he hits him with is up on the top rope. Knocks him down to the ground. Uh, all the way to the to the floor. Um, I loved the fucking clothesline. I, fucking Walter hits Dragunov with this clothesline. And he hits him so fucking hard. Dragunov's neck passes Walter's tricep. Just fucking unbelievable brutality they allowed each other to do. It's in, it's incredible, incredible, incredible. Yeah, this is this is up there for me on my favorite things to watch all year. So good. It's a, but yeah, I've seen it twice and it it takes a lot out of me. It's it's really weird, man. It's really like I'm exhausted watching those matches. So shouts to them. Shouts to Walter and Dragonoff. Shouts to Dragonoff making Walter tap out. Again, Walter just exhausted at the end of the fight. The same way Ciampa was. When Ciampa and Walter, like, Ciampa lost to a chop, quote. No. Ciampa lost to getting his ass beat for fucking 30 minutes. Walter lost to getting his ass beat. Not necessarily the tap out. The tap out was just too much. He's like, fuck it, I can't keep doing this. You know, it wasn't the move because he tapped quick. He tapped quick. It wasn't about, it wasn't about the hold. It was about the exhaustion. So shouts. Shouts to Walter, shouts to Dragunov. Dragunov, legitimately emotional for winning the title. I always have, uh, you know, a sentimental bone in my body for those things. So, shouts to Dragunov for getting a win. Dragunov wasn't on NXT, so I'm assuming it's going to be back to NXT UK for all of that. So, you know, hey, get in there. Start watching some NXT UK. Last match to take over 36, Joe and Cross. I'm just going to put it out there. I agree with everyone who said Joe looked tired as fuck because he definitely looked tired as fuck. You also can tell that he felt he was out of shape because he kept lifting his pants up. And that's a fat guy move as a fat guy. I know the move. You know, you roll over a little too fast. You pull your shirt down because you don't want your belly to pop out. You know, he kept pulling the pants up, you know, so his his belly wasn't popping out. That's, That's his own security or insecurity, I should say. That's his own insecurity. Look, I'm fine with it. He's he's Samoa Joe. He's always been Samoa Joe. His his body type has always been his body type. I say the same thing about Keith Lee. And honestly, Walter. And I, I didn't even mention that. Walter looked fucking incredible shape. Incredible shape. He actually looked like he leaned down a little bit. He looked fucking phenomenal. Um, you know, Keith Lee, when he came back, he looked, he looked a little slimmer. Samoa Joe, hey, drop a couple LBs. You know, it's better on your joints and everything anyway. But no, he looked great. You know, um... Uh, Walter, that is. But no, Joe Joe looked a little out of shape. He looked fucking winded. Hopefully he's wrestling, you know, two, three nights a week to, to get that win back. Um, again, I'm full on out on carrying Cross. I, I've never, never once did he fucking captivate me. You know, I'm, I'm not into him. I don't like his shtick. It just doesn't, his moveset, all that stuff, it doesn't do anything for me. doesn't do anything for me. They put him in the, the get up on Raw. Okay. You know, whatever they, they want to do. They're also not telling a story with him either. Have the vignettes. Show me something. Um, what was it? Cross versus O'Reilly, I think it was. Where they were... Or Balor? I can't remember. Yeah, maybe Cross Balor where they had Cross in the MMA gym. That's your ticket, man. Show his actual brutality outside of it. Because it's he just... He's so generic, man. He's so generic. I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, no, I won't say that to his face. But again, I don't get it. So, shouts to Joe. I'm glad they put the Muscle Buster back on TV. It was a great way to to get Joe the victory. Maintain a little credibility in Cross. 
Cross gets Joe compromised. He goes to sit up on the ropes. Joe goes over, kicks him in the head. You know, as Joe does, he uses a little hand springboard to jump up and, and kick you while you're sitting on the top rope. Uh, Cross folds over, muscle buster position. It happens so quick, you're like, holy shit, muscle buster's back. So, shouts to Joe for winning the title for the third time. I think Joe is the perfect person for NXT. I'll say it again, when he joined NXT, he was on the GP podcast during uh, TakeOver and WrestleMania weekend. And just basically said, this is it's where he wanted to be. When he talked to Triple H the first time, he's like, look, I don't need you in here all week long. I need you to come in, train for a little bit do whatever you want be here when we take joe was like hell yeah i can go fishing i can get a boat all kinds of shit like you know mind my business just you know basically what he was saying was relax retire while working at the same time you know so i i always assumed that a move to raw or smackdown really wasn't what he wanted you know but hey everybody's got a price right if uh if they were offering more money or that's just a trajectory they thought he would go then hey there you go and as we see it didn't play out that well so you know, we got some dope matches while he was up there, but I think this is where now Joe can be that cornerstone of NXT and really just propel the the next generation below him. I have, I have no no issues with watching a product that's based around Samoa Joe as champion while others are chasing him. You know, like I said, though, hopefully he's wrestling now two, three days a week, getting his ring shape back together. So, but shouts to Joe winning a really fun NXT TakeOver card. And, uh... You know, not a bad episode of NXT either. Let's jump into it real quick. Let's power through this. You know, try to get this episode in about a half hour or so. Let me run through my notes. No big structure on what this is going to be. Ridge Holland, over TakeOver and the episode of NXT looks fantastic. Uh, And you can check the record. Myself and at Justin Time 211, we called him the McAfee. Big brother, big bruiser, uh, McAfee on steroids, all that shit. That's McAfee's bigger brother, man. We, We called that shit day one. I was all about that. And then, unfortunately, he got hurt when it looked like we were going to get that McAfee-led faction with the Brits and McAfee. Would have been fucking great. Uh, But, hey, we got McAfee on SmackDown commentary, so I'm good with that, too. Uh, Casey and Kaden got the victory over Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. While I'm all for it, all for Casey and Kaden. I fucking love them, too, as a tag team. And anytime you have tag teams doing tag team stuff makes sense. But Gigi and JC had this thing going. And during the match, as it happened, I go, oh, well, all right, I lose a little bit of interest. And then the Mandy Rose thing. And I'm like, okay, picking up a little bit more interest. You know, we'll see how all this plays out. Speaking of interest, uh, Kaylee Ray showed up at TakeOver. She had a match at on NXT. Um, it's nice to see her committed to being in NXT. Not going to flip-flop back to the UK or anything like that. She is here. She's here to showcase. She is here to stay. She is here to, to put in that fucking work. And if she becomes the one to take it off of Raquel, Raquel moves up, whatever you want to call it, I'm good with that too. I am fine with all that shit. should be great having her. She's a fantastic wrestler. Um, and that's that's what we need, man. We need really good women doing their thing, really good men and women doing their thing all the time. Uh, the bright spot of NXT uh, this past week, I thought was was Carmelo Hayes versus Odyssey Jones. I, I thought it was a really good match, and they both have huge upside. Like I really didn't care who won. You know, um, I was definitely more team Carmelo. I'm glad he won. I think he's a more complete wrestler. Odyssey definitely seems to be gimmick first and wrestler second. But you cannot doubt 
that both of them are incredible fucking athletes. Um, the only other two things I got, um, the number one contender definitely seems to be Pete Dunne. I do like how everyone's staking their claim. Uh, you know, just when you thought we were going to get another Kyle O'Reilly situation, uh, Ridge Holland comes out and beats the shit out of him. And then, what was it? The fucking, the tall dude, he got a piece of O'Reilly too. So, you know, O'Reilly's going to battle. He's going to battle his way back to the top. He's going to help this younger generation look better. You know, we'll see how that goes. I, I would love to see Pete Dunn some Joe. It's one of the first things I said. That and Bronson Reed. Shouts to Jonah. Shouts to Jonah, man. Fucking wish Bronson Reed was still there to give us that match. I know he's pretty dead set on going after Miro and Punk, and I'm cool with that too. If Bronson Reed shows up in AEW, I will definitely be checking it out. I am going back on my word. I will not be watching All Out, even though CM Punk showed up. Uh, to me, to me, it's just not worth it. Um, I tried. I tried watching some Dynamite stuff, and when I try to hold what I see accountable, I get called out for the dumb shit. Um, dealer's choice, man. Dealer's choice. When I watch Raw, I don't defend the entire show. I give my terrible and not-so-terrible wrestling takes. I give exactly what I see, my opinion of that. What I see, how it makes me feel. And that's not what we get from AEW throaters out there just shoving it all down i get it man the punk thing was fucking incredible they staged it perfectly if he showed up in any other building yes it would have been loud yes people have been clamoring for him to come back but again one of my problems was i put on rampage punk was there did his thing after that was the show produced well not for my visual pleasure and it's not about me so that's fine so when I ask about those things, why did this look that way? Oh, whatever, it doesn't matter. Okay, well, you're losing people who watch because I'm not the only person that saw that and was like, yeah, I don't feel like watching. And there's a lot of us out there who were never punk fans that this didn't help either. And also punk saying his shit like, oh, if you don't like it, just shut the fuck up. Well, hey, should have done that for the last seven years that I've been watching and all I heard was punk say some dumb shit about WWE. So anyway, fuck all that. I didn't even get to finish the NXT rant. Uh, the last thing I got in NXT is Hit Row and, and Legada Del Fantasma. They are doing excellent fucking work. Excellent work. This faction war is turning out to be phenomenal. You know, they, and this is the minuteness in the storytelling, right? It's been all about the men, right? LDF, those three guys. Hit Row, those three guys. And Sant, uh, Santos Escobar pulls... Swerve Scott out to the parking lot through promo. He gets jumped. Hit Row comes in. Who does the damage when nobody sees it? B-Fab. Now this week, they're doing this. They're getting their thing. B-Fab's about to do some shit. Electra Lopez comes out with the equalizer. Smacks B-Fab with a pipe. Just like she did last week. Just like B-Fab did last week. It's great. They're doing such a fantastic job. I was out on Hit Row in the beginning, and I'm not sure if I said this on here, um, but I was trying to convey it. What they do as the rap characters, I don't like because it reminds me of the act up of rap characters. When I and this this is this is the contrary to the Nicki Ash stuff. This rap gimmick is their idea. The way they're portraying it, I don't like. I don't like how they're portraying it. I'm not. It's not that I'm not a fan of the gimmick. 
It's that I don't like the gimmick because of how they portray it. And it's all their idea. I heard them, I heard Swerve talk about it on After the Bell with Corey Graves. I thought it was fantastic. Gave me insight. Made me feel better that they didn't get stuck with it. But the way it's being acted out, I'm like, come on. You, you don't have to do all the, the stereotypical stuff when it comes to it. But it is a vibe within the hip-hop community. So I get it. But I'm also like, ugh, that's the vibe I don't like about it. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's it's more it was more or less that, and the reason why I didn't like it before. But I love this storytelling. I love what they're doing. LDF and Hit Row are doing really really good work. They are standalone stories. They're not fucking with anybody else's stuff. So good on them. Absolutely good on them. Um, I think this is the first time I was like, holy fuck, Joaquin Wild needs to get away from all this stuff. That guy is just fucking awesome, man. He's doing great great work as well um and i've been a fan of ashanti the adonis since he showed up and when he because i remember calling him out here and i'm like man ashanti the adonis like that's you know that's a weird name to have and i think i think he was fighting swerve early on they were like gearing up towards cruiserweight uh when, you know when he showed up on the scene but now he has a character he has a purpose within hit row and it works it works so hey let's see where this goes as far as the whole state of nxt goes look NXT is going to be NXT. They always have been. Whatever these dirt sheets or second guessers or predictors say, want to do, all that bullshit, understand this. It will either be on TV or on Peacock. They will have a takeover of some sorts. Until they announce that they're not doing that, I would fully believe that we will continue to get a dope NXT product. When haven't we had a dope NXT product? When have you as an NXT viewer not enjoyed a full catalog of NXT? You may not have liked, you know, what Ricochet was doing. You may look back on Velveteen Dream and go, why did I ever like him? You may go, never like Gargano and Ciampa. But the full complement of what NXT has to offer, they always have something that's really, really fucking good. And I like what, what I'm seeing as going forward. You have a veteran like Joe helping build young talent okay you have a plethora of women still these young kids coming up it's always been that way to me it's always been that way to me there's just a bunch of young guys i don't fucking know so everyone i don't know has turned into someone that i end up liking that's fine it's how it's supposed to be i don't see grimes and knight going anywhere anytime soon so unlike a lot of cynical people out there i have high hopes for nxt i think it's going to stay closer to the same than it ever has they debuted the new logo okay they've had a bunch of new logos they've had different title belts all that shit it doesn't fucking matter it's nxt and until nxt makes a huge change whether they dissolve whether they go off of tv where they have no more live events whatever the fuck it may be if they scale it back to where it's just training session videos whatever okay that's different but if there's a TV schedule, if there's a program for it, and there's pay-per-views, then hey, it's NXT. They've always done it. They've always done it. We're 36 takeovers in. Okay? We're 36 takeovers in. There's going to be more. At least 14 more. I'm a round numbers guy. So, speaking of round numbers, it's episode 106. It's not a round one, but this is 106. We're in the books. TVTakesPodcast.com tbtakespodcast.com slash TWTs. Be on the lookout for the Terrible Wrestling Takes Discord channel. Please come in and join. Chat away. I may start doing uh, watch-alongs, listen-alongs in there. They're screen-sharing 
plus uh, you know voice calls so let's see let's see what kind of shit we can do in there um, other than that I got nothing check me out on some of your favorite podcasts coming soon as of recording this the next day I will be recording with Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops do yourselves a favor go listen to their last episode and you can hear exactly how they feel about me those fucking psychopaths I love them. They are the best. They are such great supporters. They do a fantastic job. They need to stop doing reviews of shit because they're coming into my lane. Um, They do a whole It's a Shoot Brother, which I'll be going on, where we're just going to be shit-talking, and I don't need these guys taking my space. I barely have my own. I barely have my own. So you hear that, JB? You hear that, Chris? I'm talking to you two now and tomorrow. I cannot wait. I'll also be doing another surprise appearance i don't want to say it because i don't know when the schedule of release is going to be so that'll be up to them on whether or not i get announced for being on the show but look forward to it it's happening wednesday where i'll be recording with them that's all i got though uh shouts to nxt keep doing that great work i'm going to keep tuning in i'm curious to see what happens with walter Uh, i think if nxt uk is his wwe ceiling i think he's gone I think Walter moves on to whatever uh, European distribution he wants to do, especially if he doesn't feel like living in the States. So I don't know how to book Walter. I don't fantasy book. I take it how I see it. But I will make this promise to Walter. I will watch more of him than I ever have before. So thank you all for hanging out. TVTakesPodcast.com. TVTakesPodcast.com slash TWTs. Be on the lookout for the Discord server. And we'll chat along. Have some fun. You hear the music. Catch you all on the next one. So, with that being said, review if you do, rate if you feel. Follow me at TWTakesPodcast on Instagram and Twitter. Share your terrible wrestling takes via my pinned tweet. Email me, BishopTWTakes at gmail.com. Until next time.